Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome once again to the JC Ronka Podcast and today we're talking about Westworld Season 1 Episode 9. The title is The Well-Tempered Clavier or Clavier which roughly translates to a well-tempered keyboard instrument. It is also the title of a composition by uh, Johann Sebastian Bach or Johann Sebastian Bach. I don't want to risk any copyright problems, so you're gonna have to search that one. Um, I I searched the music on YouTube. It's actually pretty worth it. Um, I think it's a beautiful piece of music. This is uh, episode nine. This is also what they call a penultimate episode. You know, so which means. The penultimate episode means it's the episode before the finale. And for penultimate episodes, actually, I have uh, quite big expectations because um, in many TV shows, this is actually where the big scenes happen. And not in the final episodes, actually, because sometimes the final episode becomes the setup for the next season. But obviously, we don't know yet for Westworld if they would go through that route or not. Obviously, if you have seen this episode, um, you would know if, if, it's, uh, if, if it's quite a big episode or not. As always, we shall cover three things. The first one is the non-spoiler review. And then, of course, we're going to go to the spoiler review, which I will signal by saying spoiler alert three times. And finally, we're going to go to the all-important Jace ratings. And uh, that would be my score from 1 to 100%. And how do I compare those scores? Uh, Compared to the scores given by Rotten Tomatoes, IMDB, and IGN. So let's let's dive right in. Before we start, please do support my podcast. Give us a 5-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Also, the best way you can support us is please give us a di- direct donation via PayPal. This will be a very big help for us. Any amount would do. The PayPal donate link is in the description page of this episode. And so now we go to the non-spoiler review. And uh, we actually got another very big revelation from this episode. But it's not as big as the revelation from episode 7. Um... That one character is actually a host. That was still, uh, for me, the biggest revelation of the series so far. Uh, From this episode, great dramatic work from uh, Jeffrey Wright on this episode. The Dolores William Logan storyline finally became entertaining again here. uh, Proving that um, it's actually Logan that makes the storyline entertaining. Um, as great as Dolores and William is, watching their love story feels very much like standard TV. Uh, of course, we know Westworld is not just TV, it's HBO. Uh, <laughs> despite being the penultimate episode, they seem to be still uh, setting up some things for the final episode, which shows you really how big the scope is of, of the show, of Westworld. And so now, it's time for me to say spoiler alert 
spoiler alert, spoiler alert, three times. Because now we are gonna go to the deep, deep dive, to the recap, to the breakdown of the episode. And of course, this is the spoiler review. And so after being pulled in for analysis, Maeve pretends to be functioning in standby mode while Bernard interrogates her, having acquired admin privileges to control other hosts. She actually freezes Bernard briefly and reveals to him uh, his identity as a host. Maeve convinces Bernard to let her back into the park while she encourages him to search for the more, you know, profound truth concerning himself. Maeve meets Hector back in the park and convinces him to help her escape when she correctly predicts uh, his crew's action and show him the safe that he stole is actually empty. This was a pretty cool scene. Maeve basically told Hector that you have no future. Actually, his future kind of sucks. As a writer myself, I think that's the fault of the screenwriter Lee. Maeve uh, told Hector that your group will have a fight and then they will shoot each other and then you and Armistice will remain standing and then you will shoot and kill each other. And so, this thing almost happened instantly right after their conversation. Obviously, uh, it's almost exactly what happened, but of course, uh, Maeve shot shoots armistice so that Hector can live. She even unlocks some of Hector's past memories and the two have sex after Hector agrees to help her. And uh, Maeve actually tips over a kerosene lamp to start a fire intending to kill them both. This was a great, pretty cheesy, dramatic sex scene. Hector and Maeve having sex surrounded by the warm yellow light and also surrounded by fire. Uh, you can say it's a hot sex scene, pun intended. Teddy still convinced that Wyatt, Wyatt forced him to kill his own men, has a flashback of himself killing the, the, townspeople, the townspeople of Escalante, including Angela. And Angela actually remarks that Teddy is not yet ready to to join them yet, but maybe in his next life. And she actually suddenly stabs and kills uh, Teddy. In a scene one or two episodes ago, it seems like Teddy is Wyatt, but now I really don't know. Dreams are a big part of the show. Flashbacks are actually shown like dream sequences, so you really can't tell what's real and what's not. After being knocked out by Angela, and for those who don't remember, Angela is the pretty lady that actually welcomed William during uh, when we first met William. This is at episode 2. So after being knocked out by Angela, the man, wakes, the man in black wakes up the next morning to find a noose around his neck. Uh, it is actually leashed to the saddle of his horse it was a cool scene and kind of comedic um any sudden movement of the horse can pull the man up and you know choking him with the noose killing him 
he was able to grab the knife that actually Angela used to stab Teddy and he was able to free himself just as the horse galloped away. He encountered Charlotte inside the theme park who, while trying to gain his vote to remove Ford, reveals him to be a long-time member of the board, actually, and he indifferently agrees and continues his journey to the maze. He even told Charlotte, I think, to uh, stop bothering him or, like, no more bothering him from now on. Um, To some viewers, this might be a big revelation that, that... the man in black is actually part of this company, but I i mean, I sort of felt it already a few episodes ago. He, We do know he is obviously a very high-powered corporate executive in the real world, and yeah, I just felt it that maybe even he owns the company. And here, it is obviously revealed that he is a, a board member. And now we go to um, Logan, William, and Dolores' storyline. Logan takes the captured William and Dolores to a confederado camp. William tries to convince Logan to use his contacts in the park to smuggle Dolores into safety. But of course, Logan insists William has gone crazy, showing him a picture of his fiance. Uh, it's actually precisely the same picture that Dolores' father found in the first episode and this is so mind-blowing and confusing it means somewhere along the way William and Logan lost this picture it somehow made its way to the Dolores family ranch and that that was not actually presented very well um, on TV on on the show but it's official uh, Peter is a rancher and and Dolores is the ranch rancher's daughter when Peter found this picture um, I thought it was just actually walking around a ranch. I didn't know that there was actually their family ranch. So anyway, Peter found this picture. It made his program haywire and he went crazy, which causes Dolores to flee, which is why Dolores is with Logan and William now. And I understand, you know, what, it, that's that's actually very confusing. And so, is is this theme park running the story in like an endless loop? Or per- perhaps has this thing happened in the past? I really don't know. We, nev- we never know what or when they actually reset the host. Is it like every day? Is it, is it every Thursday or something? Um, hopefully, we get some clarity about this um, in the final episode. To prove his point actually Logan cuts open Dolores's belly to show she is a robot it was a shocking scene but of course Logan is correct in response Dolores actually cuts Logan in the face and manages to escape and while running away she finds that the cut Logan made on her stomach has suddenly disappeared which is very very weird obviously um, Logan makes amends with William, promising him that what happens what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, he said something like, what happens in the park stays in the park. But 
obviously you know you can't distrust people especially your boss uh when the time comes they will probably use this they will use what happened in vegas as an ammunition against you however the next morning logan wakes up to find that william actually has murdered everyone all of the confederados and William actually told Logan that he has figured out how to play the game and threatens Logan into helping him find Dolores. Dolores uh, returns to Escalante, the abandoned town, and has uh, a vision of entering the church. Uh, where actually the other hosts are sitting on the benches and they appear to be having a conversation with someone that they are the only one who could hear they don't look like they're praying they look like they're like talking to their themselves or talking to like an unseen force of, of sorts dolores goes inside a confession box which takes her into an underground lab it was a crazy scene that looks like a dream sequence dolores went into a lab filled with hosts both alive and dead it looks like an older less fancier version of this company we even saw a younger thinner anthony hopkins which was again mind-blowing and then when she returns to the surface that the church door opens it was another cheesy scene that we see in westerns the door opens and the badass character reveals himself but this time it's the freaking man in black much to the horror of dolores Ashley, who is um, Luke Hemsworth, investigates investigates a signal from Elsie's handheld device in a remote section of the park. I think it's in Sector 17. Uh, it, it's the area where the Ford fam, the where Doctor Ford's fake family is, his host family. And then uh, when Ashley went there, he is actually ambushed by Ghost Nation warriors who ignore his voice command to stand down, leaving Ashley's fate um, unknown to us, the viewers. Bernard, once now once again aware that he is a host, confronts Ford and forces him to restore, to restore all of his memories. Despite the warning of Ford that it could damage him, he even commanded Clementine to point a gun on Ford. Because as as actually as it turned out, all of those uh, dead hosts and retired hosts that were in storage, um, I b- believe that they like because of all the memories and presumably all the trauma that they experienced in the theme park, they go hair- haywire and crazy if if you just felt if you just you know uploaded all the memories back to them and. And uh, that's why actually Ford always likes to sort of wipe out the memory. So that's why he doesn't want to just bring back Bernard's memory to him. So Bernard relives the memory of his son's death and realized this is actually the cornerstone of his personality. uh, Or, you know, it's like the center on which his personality is conducted or constructed. He actually believes that he can find Arnold if he goes back to the beginning 
and it was a very emotional emotional scene as the doctors treat and try to sort of revive um Bernard's son Charlie but then he actually sh- sort of pushed the doctors away he talked to his son saying something like i love you son but you are not real i have to let you go now and then the father and son very emotional scene father and son hug for one last time and then the son whispered to Bernard's ears open your eyes and then when he opened his eyes uh in a flashback ford actually sort of uh it's the first time that bernard actually opened his eyes as a host and uh ford bestows upon him the name bernard and actually shows him a picture of himself and arnold upon whom bernard is based and although it is already sort of kind of obvious we now have a confirmation that Indeed, Arnold is Bernard, and um, it's still kind of mind-blowing, though. Um, like, as it turns out, Bernard is super important in this story. Um, he started as a, like, a typical employee in the in this company, and then he turned out to be a host, and then turned out he's not just a host, he's actually based on this person, Arnold, who the hosts a lot of the hosts are actually hearing in their in their heads and in their daydreams and in their reveries so <laughs> turns out bernard is the most important important character in this in this show so dr ford carries this picture around um it's the picture of the founders there's actually three people in in this picture uh so anthony hopkins towards the uh towards the left when you look at the picture then there's an unknown person at the middle and then on the right is arnold so the third person is not yet revealed to us that mystery will probably be paid off um if not in the final episode maybe on the next seasons as they sort of give us more clues about who this uh possible person is and so finally, learning the, tr- the truth, Bernard declares that he will re- rebel against Ford and free all of his uh, sentient hosts. Ford explains to Bernard that the self-aware hosts would not survive if set free. As, um, and this is the quote actually of, of Dr. Ford. And I quote, Humans are alone in this world for a reason. We murdered and butchered anything that challenged our primacy, end of quote. And um, Bernard actually attempts to kill Ford, but Ford uses a backdoor in in Bernard's code to disable him, as well as Clementine. Ford actually laments that he built Bernard in Arnold's image and allowed him to sort of become self-aware in the hopes that he would willingly join him back. Seeing that this ex- experiment has failed, Ford uh, forces the still-aware Bernard to commit suicide. And um, Anthony Hopkins walking away from, from the room as we hear the gunshot that, of course, Bernard had killed himself. Anthony Hopkins looks very much distraught as um, it seems he has caused the death of his best friend twice. And so, you know, very, very emotional, very, very 
I would say tragic ending to this um to really this episode nine. Before we go to the all important Jace ratings though, uh once again, please do support my podcast. Give us a five star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And also the best way you can support us is please give us a direct donation via PayPal. This will be a very big help for us and of course, any amount would do. And once again, the PayPal donate link is in the description page of this episode. And so for Westworld Season 1, Episode 9, uh, with the title The Well-Tempered Clavier, or Clavier, uh, the Jace ratings is 89%. IMDb uh, actually gave quite a, a high score i'm surprised 9.4 out of 10 for imdb um ign also gave a uh, quite higher score than what i gave they gave 9.1 out of 10 and to my surprise actually to my surprise uh rotten tomatoes gave this episode 86 percent and yeah i'm very surprised with that because so far Rotten Tomatoes from the episode 1 until the last episode, episode 8, they have been really giving 90s, uh, scores of 90% and higher to to all the episodes of Westworld. And now they have given it a score of 86%. Um, This time they are the strict professor who gives a, a, a lower score. As I mentioned in my previous episode, I will continue reviewing all the episodes of Westworld Season 1. Of course, I have one episode left. It's um, the finale episode for Season 1. But for Seasons 2 and 3, and all actually my TV reviews for other shows in the future, I'm sort of 50-50 whether doing... Uh, reviews and recap per episode or reviews and recap of the just the entire season and so with that please do answer the poll that I made on Twitter about this topic the link is in the description page of this episode and that's a, a link to the Twitter poll actually and once again thank you very much for listening to this episode see you in the next episode I love you all bye bye